All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Stop being a hoe and welcome to the show. All right, so this episode is going to be very simple, very easy. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to kind of steer away from live videos for a while. In fact, I may start doing more pre-recorded stuff. It's honestly just easier for me to get everything done in one setting. When I do a live show, I have to strip the audio. We'll basically download the video, but it takes like 12 hours or so to download the video. I should say it doesn't take that long for me to get the download. Uh, oh, I should say download it, but it takes 12 hours for YouTube to release it to you for download, which is really strange. So I figured to make life easier for myself, uh, I just decided pre-record everything, uh, and then after every episode of recording, just upload to Anchor and upload to YouTube, and then on to the next episode. Instead of doing them all in bulk. The thing is, if I do them all in bulk, I kind of forget what I was wanting to write about at the time, so I like to try to, after every episode, actually upload it, describe what it was all about, and just really still stay in the moment with it. But, um, yeah, so this, this episode's very simple. The last episode, I gotta admit, it was a dark episode, and I don't apologize for it. I think it was a good thing. I think it was much needed. I, um... It was, it was a good, it was a good episode. Uh, it was very dark. I needed to, and it was real. Um, I think that's the most important thing. It was really real. I mean, most of my episodes are pretty real, but I think when it comes to, uh, emotional turmoil, sometimes you got to talk about that shit too. So it's, uh, something that's got to be put out there in a lot of ways. Um, so, uh, for this episode, we talk about the nine, let me look at the title real quick. I'm writing down all these, the nine assets to hedge against inflation. Well, the funny thing is I didn't have to read that paper. It was all done. <laughs> I have the uh, browser window open for this particular page that I was going to talk about. All right. No. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. Um, another reason I'm doing pre-recording is just the quality is way better. Um, if, you, if you stream, a million things can go wrong. Quality is way better on a pre-recorded. And I, I want to make sure there's lossless audio, too. So it sounds a lot better probably on the podcast as well as if I just upload straight up the source video. Um, also, this may give me the opportunity to upload my show to more um, outlets out there. So um, you never know. Eventually, there may be a time when I can, you know, I mean, I like to archive my audio of the show at least because there's not much for video. It's just me basically um, chowing along, talking along, saying whatever the hell I please and blah, blah, blah. And which is good. I think it's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, i trying to think what else I wanted to say on that one. I, I don't have much else to add, but I still want to continue um, to make this show, obviously, and just do it pre-recorded. Um, okay, first, let's, let's go straight up. Hold on. So, let's see. I'm going to call this one Google Photos. Just... All right, so this one is, uh, I'm just going to basically pull up the screen here, the article. So this one's called Nine Assets for Protection Against Inflation. Uh, a dollar today will not buy the same value of goods in 10 years. This is due to inflation. Inflation measures the, and by the way, this article, for those who are listening to the podcast, this article is investopedia.com. Uh, title's called Nine Assets for Protection Against Inflation by Caitlin Peters, updated uh, May 25th, 2021. All right, so a dollar today will not buy the same value of goods in 10 years. This is due to inflation. Inflation measures the average price level of a basket of goods 
and services and economy in an economy. It refers to the increases in prices over a specified period of time. As a result of inflation, a specific amount of currency will be av- will be able to buy less than before. Therefore, it is important to find the right strategies and investments to hedge against inflation. The level of inflation in an economic in an economy changes depending on current events, rising wages and rapid increases in raw materials, such as oil, are uh, such as oil are two factors that contribute to inflation. Inflation is a natural occurrence in the market in the market economy. There are many ways to hedge against inflation. A disciplined investor can plan for inflation by investing uh, in an asset cl- in asset classes that outperform the market during inflationary climates. Um, keeping inflation hedged asset classes on your watch list and then striking when you see inflation begin to take shape in a real organic growth economy can help your portfolio thrive when inflation hits. So I'm going to go over this article as quickly as I can. So number one is gold. Uh, we'll just kind of read the first paragraphs of each of these and we'll just kind of go from there. Uh, you can read the full article on investopedia.com just by looking up the title. Uh, Nine Top Assets Protection Against Inflation. All right, number one is gold. Gold has often been considered a hedge against inflation. In fact, many people have looked to gold as an alternative currency, particularly in countries where the native currency is losing value. These countries tend to utilize gold or other strong currencies when their own currency has failed. Gold is a real physical asset and tends to hold its value for the most part. Inflation is caused by the rise in price in the price of goods or services. The rise in the price of goods and or services is driven by supply and demand. The rise in demand can push prices higher, while a supply reduction can also drive prices. Demand can also rise because consumers have more money to spend. However, gold is not a true perfect hedge against inflation. When inflation rises, central banks tend to increase interest rates. As part of monetary policy, holding on to an asset like gold that pays no yields is not as valuable as holding on to an asset that does, particularly when rates are higher, meaning yields are higher. (laughs) There are better assets to invest in when aiming to protect yourself against inflation. But like any strong portfolio, diversification is key. And if you are considering uh, investing in gold, the Spider Gold ET- Shares ETF, GLD, is a worthwhile consideration. <clears throat> All right, from here, net assets. $54.5 billion uh, worth of uh, net assets of gold, and its expense ratio is 0. 0.4 0%. Average daily trading volume is 14 million, uh, basically 15 million. Um, well, I'll just say the exact number 14,804,343. The trading volume shares. Um, that's the average daily trading volume. And then five year trailing returns is 5.43%. All right. In number two, I did say that I would only read part of this, but I'm having fun with this. So. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to try to just read just the first paragraph. So commodities. Commodities are a broad category that uh, includes grain, precious metals, electricity, uh, oil, beef, orange juice, and natural gas, as well as foreign currencies, emissions, 
and certain other financial instruments, commodities and inflation have a unique relationship where commodities are an indicator of inflation to come. As the price of commodity rises, so does the price of the products that the commodity is used to produce. Fortunately, it's possible to broadly invest in commodities via exchange-traded uh, funds. The iShares S&P GSCI Commodity Index Trust, and that's GSG, is a commodity ETF worth considering. I'm just going to read through the whole thing. This is fun. Before investing in commodities, investors should be aware that they are highly volatile and investor, and investor caution is advised in commodity trading because commodities are dependent on demand and supply factors. Uh, let's see, a slight change in supply due to geopolitical tensions or conflicts can adversely affect the prices of commodities. So net assets, $513 million. Uh, Dollars worth of assets. Expense ratio is a zero point seven five percent of the expenses you put in. Uh, of what? I'm sorry. Of whatever amount you put in. So if you put a, <laughs> uh, so if you put like a thousand dollars, how does that go? I'm trying to remember. Um, it like takes out. Oh, I don't know. Like seven dollars per thousand. I guess you could round that out to, or eight dollars per one thousand dollars you put in is used towards the expenses. Uh, expenses of it. I think my math, I think my math is right. About right, I think. Um, average trade, average daily trading volume is uh, eight hundred sixty-six thousand three hundred twelve. Five-year trailing returns is negative thirteen point seven six percent. And for number three is a sixty forty stock bond portfolio. A sixty forty stock bond portfolio is considered to be a safe traditional mix of stocks and bonds in a conservative portfolio. If you don't want to do the work on your own and you're reluctant to pay an investment advisor to assemble such a portfolio, consider investing in dimensional uh, DFA global al allocation 6040 portfolio. And that's GGSIX. And uh, I've never invested in one of those particular portfolios, but it sounds like they do all the work for you, which is kind of cool. Um, the net assets, it's $3.5 billion worth of assets. Combined probably the stocks and the bonds. Uh, expense ratio is 0.25%. So that's like, um, maybe like roughly uh, 2 to $3 um, per 1,000 you put in. So that's not a bad, that's not a bad expense ratio. That's pretty low um, for the most part. Um, let's see. Average daily trading volume and uh, not applicable, it looks like. Five-year trailing returns, 2.25%. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Let's see. 60-40 stock bond portfolio is a straightforward, easy investment strategy, but like all investment plans, it does have some disadvantages compared to an all-equity portfolio. A 60-40 portfolio will underperform over the long term. Uh, interesting. Oh, I guess it would, yeah. Additionally, over very long time periods, a uh, 60-40 portfolio may significantly underperform an all-equity portfolio because of the effects of compounding interest. It's important to keep in mind that a 60-40 portfolio will help you hedge against inflation and keep you safer, but you'll likely be missing out on returns uh, compared to a portfolio with a higher percentage of stocks. Now, number four, and I like number four because I'm a big fan of these, 
Real Estate Investment Trusts, REITs. Now, a couple of my mentors don't like these. I think it's just one, mainly Robert Kiyosaki's not a big REITs fan, but I love REITs, so basically I don't have to deal, deal or negotiate with uh, renters or anything, which is nice, which is one reason why owning a well-diversified portfolio of REITs like the Vanguard one is really good. But anyway, I'll read this real quick. It, it's uh, reading from the article right now. Uh, real Estate Investment Trusts, REITs, REITs, are companies that own and operate income-producing real estate. Property prices and rental income tend to rise when inflation rises. A REIT consists of a pool of real estate that pays out dividends to its investors. If you seek broad exposure to real estate to go along with low expense ratio, consider the Vanguard Real Estate ETF. VNQ. Uh, net assets is $67 billion worth. Uh, expense ratio is 0.12%. Average daily trading volume is 8,945,461. Uh, Five-year trailing returns is 0.47%. REITs also have some drawbacks, including their sensitivity to demand. Uh, hold on. Their sensitivity to demand other high-yield assets. Okay. When interest rates rise, treasury securities generally become attractive. Um, this can draw funds away from REITs and lower their share prices. REITs must also pay property taxes, which can make up as much as 25% of total operating expenses. If state or municipal authorities decided to increase property taxes to make, uh, to make up for their budget shortfalls, this would significantly reduce cash flows to shareholders. Finally, while REITs offer high yields, taxes are due on the dividends. The tax rates are typically higher than the 15% mo than the 15% most dividends are currently taxed at because a high percentage of REIT dividends are considered ordinary income, which is usually taxed at a higher rate. Number 5, S&P 500. Stocks offer the most upside potential in the long term. In general, businesses that gain from inflation are those that require little capital, whereas businesses that are engaged in natural resources are inflation losers. Currently, the S&P 500 has a high concentration of technology businesses and uh, communication services. This ac account, they account for a 35% stake in the index. Both technology and communication services are capital light businesses, so theoretically they should be inflation winners. If you wish to invest in the S&P 500, an index of the 500 largest U.S. public companies, or if you favor an ETF that tracks, that tracks it for your watch list, look into the Spider S&P 500 ETF. Uh, net assets are $252 billion. Uh, dollars worth uh, expense ratio is 0.0945%. Average daily trading volume is 166,614,512. And five year trailing returns is 6.66%. However, like any investment, there are disadvantages to investing in the uh, S&P 500 index. The main drawback is that the index gives higher weights to companies with more market capitalization. So the stock prices for the largest companies have a much greater uh, influence on the index than a company with a lower market cap. Uh, and the S&P 500 index does not provide any exposure to small cap companies. 
uh, which historically produced higher returns. Um, uh, anyway, so honestly, let's see. It is a safe investment, though, for the most part. S&P 500 uh, is pretty, pretty damn good for the most part. Real estate income. Real estate income is income earned from renting out a property. Real estate works well with inflation. This is because as inflation rises, so do property values, and so does the amount a landlord can charge for rent. This results in the landlord earning a higher rental income over time. This helps to keep pace with the rise in inflation. For this reason, real estate income is one of the best ways to hedge an investment portfolio against inflation. For future exposure, consider Vanek uh, Vector's Mortgage uh, REIT Income ETF, M-O-R-T. Um, let's see, net assets are $109 million. Uh, expense ratio is 0.42%. Average daily trading volume is 200780 uh, Five-year trailing returns is negative 9.20%. Like any investment, there are pros and cons to investing in real estate. First, when purchasing real estate, the transaction costs are considerably higher as compared to purchasing shares of a stock. Uh, second, real estate investments are illiquid, uh, meaning they can't be quickly and easily sold without substantial loss in value. If these costs can add up quickly, and these costs can add up quickly. And finally, real estate investment investing involves taking a great deal of financial and legal liability. <clears throat> Number seven, Bloomberg Barclays uh, uh, Aggregate Bond Index. The Bloomberg Barclays Aggregate Bond Index is a market index that measures the U.S. bond market. All bonds are covered in the index, government, corporate, taxable, and municipal bonds. To invest in this index, investors can invest in funds that aim to replicate the performance of the index. There are many funds that track this index, but one of them being the iShares Core U.S. Aggregate Bond uh, ETF AGG is the ticker symbol. Um, net assets, uh, $69 billion worth, expense ratio 0.04%. Uh, average daily volume, 8941358 Five-year trailing returns is 3.28%. There are some disadvantages to investing in the Bloomberg Barclays U.S. Aggregate Bond Index as a core fixed income allocation. First, it is weighted towards the companies and agencies that have the most debt. Unlike the S&P 500 Index, which is market capitalization weighted index, uh, the bigger the company, the bigger its position in the index. The largest components of the Bloomberg Bond Index, <laughs> the companies and agencies with the most debt outstanding. In addition, it is heavily weighted towards U.S. government exposure, so it is not necessarily well diversified across all sectors, across sectors of the bond market. Number eight, leveraged loans. Leveraged loan is a loan that is made, let me see what we're looking at here for the time. All right, try to keep this quick. A leveraged loan is a loan that is made to companies that already have high levels of debt or a low credit score. Uh, these loans have higher risks of default and therefore are more expensive to the borrower. Leveraged loans as an asset class are typically referred to as collateralized loan obligations, CLOs. 
these are multiple loans that have been pooled into one security. The investor receives scheduled debt payments from the underlying loans. CLOs are typically typically have a floating rate yield, which makes them a good hedge against inflation. If you're interested in this approach at some point down the road, consider Invesco Senior Loan ETF BKLN ticker says the ticker symbol. Net assets, $3.8 billion. Expense ratio, 0.65%. Average daily trading volume is 10,769,067. Uh, Five-year trading trailing returns is 1.04%. Like every investment, leveraged loans involve a trade-off between rewards and risks. Some of the risks of investing in funds that invest in leveraged loans are credit default, liquidity, and fewer uh, protections. Borrowers of leveraged loans can shut, uh, shutter their business or reach a point where they are unable to pay their debts. Leveraged loans may not be as easily purchased or sold as publicly traded securities. And finally, leveraged loans generally have fewer restrictions in place to protect the lender than traditional loans. This could leave a fund exposed to greater losses if the borrower is unable to pay back the, the loan. Finally, number nine, TIPS. Treasury stands for, is an acronym that stands for Treasury Inflation Protected Securities TIPS. A type of U.S. Treasury bond are, a type of U.S. Treasury bond are indexed to inflation in order to explicitly protect the investors from inflation twice a year. TIPS pay out a fixed rate. The principal value of tips changes based on the inflation rate. Therefore, the rate of return includes the adjusted principal. Tips come in three maturities, five-year, 10-year, and 30-year. If you favor using an ETF as your vehicle, the three choices below might appeal to you. Uh, the iShares tips bond ETF, and that's tip. Net assets, uh, 19 million, 19 billion. Expense ratio 0.19%. Average daily trading volume is 3,251,967. Five-year trailing return is 2.45%. Not bad. And then the other one is the Schwab US Tips ETF, and that's SCHP. Uh, net assets is $8.6 billion. Expense ratio is 0.05%. Average daily trading volume is 1,259,164. Five-year trailing returns is 2.58%. The other one is the FlexShares iBox, and it's I-B-O-X-X. Three-year target duration tips uh, index ETF, TDTT. Uh, net assets, uh, $1.1 billion. Expense ratio, 0.18%. Average daily trading volume, $107,043. Right, Five-year trailing returns is 1.62%. Even though tips may appear like an attractive investment, there are a few risks that are important for investors to keep in mind. If there is deflation or the consumer price index, CPI is, fail- is falling. The principal amount may drop. If there is an increase in the face value of the bond, you will also have to pay more tax. And this could nullify any benefit you may receive from investing in tips. Finally, tips are sensitive to any change in the current interest rates. 
So if you sell your investment before maturity, you may lose some money. Just as a heads up. Hedge against inflation FAQs. <laughs> Let's see. These aren't too long, so we'll just read these off. Are, does whole life insurance hedge against inflation? Whole life insurance is a contract just designed to provide protection over the insured's uh, entire lifetime. Because whole life insurance is a long-term purchase, the guaranteed return on this type of policy provides little inflation protection. However, it is sometimes referred to as a hedge against inflation because the dividends paid on participating policies, which reflect the favorable mortality investment and business uh, expense results of the insurer, can act as a partial hedge against inflation. Are CDs a good hedge against inflation? A certificate of deposit, a CD, is a short to medium term deposit in a financial institution at a specific fixed interest rate. Typical CDs are not protected against inflation. If you would like to reduce the impacts of inflation on your CD investments, consider buying a CD that is higher than the inflation rate so you can get the most value for your money. The longer the term of the CD, the higher the interest rate will be. Are annuities a good hedge against inflation? Annuities are not considered a good hedge against inflation. In fact, the primary risk of most annuity payouts is inflation. This is because uh, commercial annuities generally pay a fixed monthly income rather than an inflation-adjusted income. If your annuity pays a fixed $3,000 per month for life and inflation increased, uh, increases 12%, the buying power for annuity payments decreases to uh, technically $2,640. But what is inflation protection home insurance? Some insurance policies have a feature called insurance inflation protection which stipulates uh, the, that future or ongoing benefits to be paid are adjusted upward with inflation. Inflation protection home insurance is intended to ensure that the relative buying power of the dollars granted as benefits do not erode over time due to inflation. There you go. All right, so... That was the, that's the end of that particular uh, article, so... Whew, it took a while. Uh, overall, I think the article is pretty educational. I wanted to read the whole thing. I thought at first I was just going to read a couple paragraphs. And I thought, no, I want to make this a high-quality episode because the people listening on the podcast are not going to be able to see the article the way you see it. You all probably read it way faster than the way I was speaking it, but if you're watching it on the live video or the recorded video on YouTube. But since I also wanted to make sure this is going to be available on the podcast, I wanted to read the whole thing. Once again, that was an incredible article. It's on Investopedia, Nine Assets for Protection Against Inflation. Really great article, like I said, published by uh, Caitlin. Uh, the writer's uh, Caitlin Peters. Uh, it was updated on May 25th of 2021. Really incredible. Um, in fact, this is a... I agree with pretty much everything on there. Um, I'm a big REITs guy, though. I still think real estate over time goes up. But I do believe if a housing crash happened, like an entire real estate crash across the board happened, I'm definitely collecting on um, REITs for sure. Uh, I'm going to get the Vanguard uh, Real Estate Investment Trust Fund. That would be the best one that allow me to really uh, diversify my portfolio of real estate while getting at every single piece of real estate at a great deal. So it allows you to, so the, here's the thing about REITs. It allows you to be exposed 
really, really exposed to the real estate markets without having to own, I mean, without having to actually manage the properties, because technically you do own the real estate, oddly enough. Um, what's even better, though, is the dividend payouts. <laughs> if there's one thing I love about real estate investment trusts is that you do get a pretty hefty uh, dividend payout, especially if your portfolio is diversified, you get a consistent dividend. And if one of them does fail to pay a dividend or for some weird reason, um, you still get the benefits. So it's, it's a win-win situation. I love REITs, but you want to diversify your REITs. If you do get into you don't want to just bank on one single real estate investment trust. For instance, Realty Income, as much as I love it, that's not the only REIT that I choose to have in my portfolio. I just prefer the Vanguard uh, REIT index fund because it's the best thing you got because they, they own a whole bunch of REITs in there and it's incredible. So being exposed to to real estate in that way is so much better because one, I'm getting a dividend, which is like getting rent, right? And that rent's going to increase over time. And also the appreciation value of those real estate investment trusts will go up over time too. So it's win, 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 and win. Um, well, if there's a crash, I'm definitely buying more. That's for sure. I'm definitely going to be racking up on real estate without a doubt. Um. <clears throat> But the smart thing to do is just to keep on producing, find, find vessels that allow you to produce a ton of income. Like, for instance, I do my podcast that produces income for me. The YouTube videos produce income for me in, in different ways. Um, but my investments in my different, uh, you know, my job produces income. But uh, a lot of the money that I get from my job and from the podcast and everything, a lot of my money goes straight up into investments. Because if I do it early and I do it often... Um, you know, there's the power of compounding and the power of compounding is real. I think a lot of people um, don't consider how effective compound interest can be over time. So I'm just trying to really encourage people to start, um, you know, the best, the smartest investment you can make first off is an info is information. Uh, Read really good books, read money, money, master the game is one of the reasons why I have the, I have the cover. I took the cover. I have the hard cover, the hard copy of this book, and I, d- I wanted to take the cover and just tape it right behind me. First off, it, it's, a, it's a reminder of what I remembered from that book. It's one of the best books ever written on finance. <laughs> and a lot of people might disagree with me, but the reason it's the best is because it has giants in the financial industry who actually give their true heartfelt input on different investing strategies and what your mindset should be. Also, Ray Dalio's in there, and I love Ray Dalio. He's the GOAT. Anyway, this episode's gone on a little longer than I expected it to. Thank you guys so much. I will see you guys in the next episode. Um, like I said, no more. I'm not doing live content for a while. I may eventually do live content, but I like the quality on a pre-recorded content better. And besides, the moment I record this, I pretty much upload it. So it's as close to live as you're going to get. So um, anyway, I'll see you guys soon. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch this. And stay safe, stay sexy, and stay healthy.